What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Sauce Lab Podcast. I hope you guys had another unbelievable weekend. I gotta say, these playoffs, what are they doing to me and you? I think every single game is leaving us with our jaws on the floor. I I can't remember in the last time of my life that I've had so much craziness going on with something that's so completely out of my reach. Like, every single game has been a nail-biter. Every single game has been a sweater. Every single game has been one where you don't know who's going to win until the very last minute. There have been so many overtimes, so many clutch final drives, so many game-winning field goals, things like that. And I just really want to give credit to the scriptwriters of the NFL. No, I'm kidding. I want to give credit to the NFL and the parity that exists in this league, especially this year with how crazy everything has been. I don't think that anybody in the entire world has predicted what the Super Bowl matchup is going to be for next week or in two weeks, but uh, it's here. It's the People's Super Bowl. It's one that nobody was expecting coming, so I'm kind of glad that I didn't get my prediction too correct, obviously. Nobody really could have. But I really want to just jump right in. I have a really, really great episode for you guys today. I'm going to be giving you guys the recap of what happened last week, some of my thoughts and takes. Then I'm going to be doing my top 10 players at every position. This is my comprehensive list. I've been working on this one for a very, very long time, putting a lot of thought and effort into who I put where and who I left out of the list. But I'm going to get into that. And then at the end, I'm going to give you my Super Bowl prediction what you need to look for, the X factors, things like that. Guys that are going to come in super, super clutch for this Super Bowl run. So I'm going to start it right off and talk about what happened last week. And the biggest thing, obviously, you guys know I love Patrick Mahomes. Joe Burrow is that guy. I think that every single craziness surrounding his name, everybody saying Joe Burrow, honestly, maybe the most liked guy in the NFL, has this un common swagger, this oomph, this chutzpah, you guys know I love to use that word, he has it through and through, whether it's on the field, off the field, clearly on the field, we just saw what happened this week against the Kansas City Chiefs, but he, this guy is, the hype is so well worth it, and then I've seen people coming out and saying, no, the hype is not well worth it, his stats don't put him there, but when you can get it done on those stages against Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, Andy Reid, and the craziness that is the Kansas City Chiefs, I just think there is no way that you can't say that this dude has has it, and I really do think that this is something that's going to go and continue for the next 10-15 years. Burrow is that guy and should be solidified in this league for as long as I can think. Now, I obviously want to give credit to Joe Burrow and the offensive supporting cast, but the main catalyst for that win, in my opinion, was the lockdown defense in that second half. I don't know where this Bengals defense came from. All year, I was beating the drum. Or Earlier in the season, I had them winning six games, which might sound so low compared to the fact that they're now in the Super Bowl, but that was a lot higher than a lot of people's other predictions. And I looked at their roster, and I said there were a couple guys that really could take a big step up, could play well in their role. And so many of these guys have just outperformed and outplayed expectations by such a wild landslide that I really just need to like go down the list and give you guys these guys that are outplaying their expectations. In the secondary, Von Belt Jesse Bates makes up one of the best secondary duos in the entire league. At the cornerback position, Trey Waynes, Chidobia Wuzie, Eli Apple, Darius Phillips, Mike Hilton. That is a five, that is a group of five where you can now honestly say that they're all five are top 
35 top 30 cornerbacks in the NFL, which most teams can't even say that they have one to two of them, let alone five of them. All these guys really just stepped up such big time and locked up Tyreek Hill and made that second half so hard. But the main reason for that was that front seven. Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt, Sam Hubbard, BJ Hill, Larry Ogunjobi, Khalid Kareem, and then definitely the number one and number two interchangeable guy on that front seven, DJ Reader and Trey Hendrickson. Two guys, DJ Reader from the Texans really was productive but never anything special, and Trey Hendrickson, a guy that in this past free agency, I said, was just a component of the amazing Saints pass rush and really wasn't that talented in his own right. And I was so wrong. Both of those guys have been such key contributors to now a Super Bowl defense. Get that your head. Jesse Bates, DJ Reader, and Trey Hendrickson are the three best players on a Super Bowl defense. I don't know how it's possible, but it has happened, and I need to give recognition when it is due. All of these guys have played so incredibly throughout the year. Akeem Davis-Gaither, the names can just keep going on, so really hats off to the Bengals. One other thing is I think Burrow is getting this unbelievable hype, but I feel, and maybe it's just that the recency bias has clouded my mind, and I don't remember what it was like back in 2017 or 2018, but I feel like Patrick Mahomes never even got this love. Patrick Mahomes made the AFC Conference Championship and lost to Tom Brady in his first full year starting. Joe Burrow goes to the Super Bowl in his first full year starting. Joe Burrow is now looked at as like an idol, and Mahomes was just this young rising star. I don't know. Personally, you guys know just how much I love Mahomes, and I wish that we saw this same Burrow resurgence. It now looks like every single person in America is rooting for this dude to do well. And like... For as much as whatever my prediction is, I want to see Joe Burrow succeed. I need to see Joe Burrow succeed. Nans was number one on my list for breakout players of the year. I love him so much. I've loved him going into this year. And everyone's bought in. This Bengals team is so for real. And now the other game of last week, I think that the Rams are destined for the Super Bowl. This roster is created for the Super Bowl. It's created to take down any other big, giant behemoth like Joe Burrow. And it really seems like it's the Avengers versus Thanos. And I know that Joe Burrow has not warranted getting the Thanos title. He clearly does not have all the Infinity Stones. But everyone, all these different guys, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, Von Miller... Cooper Cup, the list goes on. Odell Beckham Jr., Matthew Stafford, Andrew Whitworth, uh, Tyler Higby, all these guys are so, so great. And it really seems like all these huge monsters going up against the one big behemoth in Joe Burrow. This team was clearly made for this. They went chips in. And I really do think that it's something that other teams should look at when they are at that place that they're like, they don't know for sure. If you're not 100% that this roster that you have currently is a Super Bowl roster, push the chips in. If you're going to go out and win a Super Bowl as the result of that, then do it. Trade that first round pick for Aaron Rodgers. Go out and trade that. Like, I, I just think that it's so capable and a lot of teams don't do it because they like to be conservative and hope and wish on these draft picks. But like we've seen with the LA Rams, they just trade these picks, get these proven stars, and it's looking to work out very, very well. I think that Sean McVay being their coach really does help them out for sure. But Ultimately, they did go chips in, and I think that that's a very good move. The Buccaneers did something very similar last year to go around Tom Brady, getting Antonio Brown, getting JPP, getting all these guys all around the team to really step up, buy in. And then the last comment that I'm just going to make about that Rams game is I have to say Matthew Stafford, a guy that I've loved for so, so long, 
congratulations to him. Congratulations to his family. He's finally overcoming the woes of Detroit and showing that he is that guy. And I think that it honestly makes me upset that he did spend so much time in Detroit and we never got to see this Super Bowl type Matthew Stafford if he had had an amazing receiving court and an amazing coach to scheme up all of these amazing plays. I think that we could have seen Super Bowl Matthew Stafford five, six, seven years ago, but instead he stayed in Detroit, played with Megatron, played with all the bevy of head coaches that they had coming in and out of there, and now he's finally made it to LA. They, Like I said, he was part of the Chips In movement, and they did it. So hats off to the Bengals, hats off to the Rams. Amazing games last week, some really, really great football, and I am so excited for next week for the Super Bowl. Wherever I'm watching, it's going to be a good, good time. Alrighty, now for the next segment. This is a very, very, I've worked on this for so long and I've been waiting to get this out, but I felt like week before the Super Bowl is a very, very good time. I didn't want too much of what happens in the Super Bowl to sway the opinions, to make me all of a sudden act out of craziness and throw Joe Burrow at one or throw, like, you know what I want to do. So I am going to get right into my list of top 10 at every position. This is how they've been doing. So yeah, so the way that I made this list, I basically compiled everything. High majority goes goes to what they have done this past season, but I've recognized their situations, I've recognized their quarterbacks play, I've recognized their coaching, I've recognized how they've been in their past, what they could do, their flaws, things like that, and this is basically the list of if I had a blank roster with all average players at every other position, who would I want in that position to continue playing for me? So number one will be if I had any choice of any quarterback, it will be this guy. Then if he's gone, I will take this guy and like so on and so forth. So this does not contribute to where they will be in three years. This does not contribute to where they were three years ago. This is where I would take them right at this current instance if I were doing a fantasy draft. So I'm going to get right into it with the number one position and the clearly most important position in football, maybe in sports, the quarterback. And I think that you guys know where I'm going with this. If you've been listening to the podcast, it's got to be my boy, killer Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs. What he's been able to do the last four years and what he's consistently shown this year, again, even overcoming the woes, overcoming everything, he is so unbelievably good. I personally think that in my time as a very, very avid football fan, best player that I've ever watched play football, does things unscheduled, out of the pocket, off of one back foot that we have never seen before. He's the Steph Curry to the max of the NFL, and I'm so excited to see the rest of his career, see how he continues to progress, and see how this crazy contract affects the rest of his career. Number two, dude's been doing it for a while, but still has it in him. Deserves to win the MVP this year. I now gotta admit it. It is Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers. Who knows where he goes next year, but his ability to extend plays, throw the deep ball, get the guy open, throw the ball in lead, just all of these beautiful, beautiful plays that has consistently put him at the top of the league in the quarterback position. I still think that he's there, and I'm really excited to see where he goes next year. I personally you guys know I'm not the biggest fan of him staying in Green Bay. I think that he would maximize his talent in the rest of his career if he really does get a ring on another team. So I would love to see him move, maybe go to a more explosive offense that he could really run similar to Patrick Mahomes. He already runs a very creative offense, but I think that Aaron Rodgers can go anywhere and turn them into an immediate Super Bowl contender. Now, number three, this is a guy that all year I was debating whether he should be three, four, five, six in that range. But after what I saw out of his play, 
playoff performance against the Kansas City Chiefs, I have to give Josh Allen this nod. His ability to both play unbelievably, never get sacked, it seems like, be a trucking back in the backfield as a quarterback, look like Cam Newton at times, yet also in the same game look like Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers with his off-schedule throws, with his ability to just throw lasers. He throws balls on ropes, and I am so happy to see it. I mean, obviously, as a Jets fan, I don't love him too much as a player or the Bills organization too much of as, as a player, but he definitely has that oomph, has that charisma, has it in him to go out and get it done on a consistent basis. As long as he just cleans up his play in the regular season, I think that he is destined for greatness for the next 5, 10, 15 years as well. The Buffalo Bills are very glad to have him, and, they de and he deservingly got that bag. Number four, this is a guy, like, I don't really know what to do because he just retired, technically, but I have to give it to Tom Brady. I know that he is now, quote-unquote, technically out of the league, but for as of right now, I'm looking at what he did in the season's past, and I need to give it to Tom Brady. I know that going into next year, he will definitely leave this list because he is likely not going to be playing in the NFL anymore, but as of right now, he is still an NFL quarterback, so I need to give Tom Brady the credit that he deserves. Originally last year, I don't know if I put my list on the podcast or not, I actually forgot, but Brady was my number one quarterback above Patrick Mahomes just because of his ability to consistently get it done, get it done, get it done, all odds against him, get it done. And I still think that for that reason, he needs to be top five. The only reason why he's not one of those top three is because of this off-schedule ability that the other three quarterbacks have that Tom Brady really just doesn't have. He works so well in a system. He always makes his maximizes his receivers, makes them as good as possible, if not better than they would have been on another team. And I really need to give it to him. Probably his best statistical season this past year. Tom Brady, number four quarterback in the NFL. Number five, Joe Burrow, Joe Shiesty, has officially overtaken Justin Herbert in my list after this past playoff performance. He has it in him. I know that people argue Justin Herbert has better arm strength, Justin Herbert's better on the run, things like that. But honestly, I, when I'm looking for somebody that I want to lead myself, Joe Burrow just seems like a more proven winner, especially at this point. He has the oomph. He has the chutzpah. I have not really seen that out of Justin Herbert yet. Yes, he has the amazing fourth downs. Yes, he has the clutchness ability. But it's not that I'm going to go and take over an entire situation and win it. So while other traits might go to Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow is now my number five quarterback in the NFL. Number six, guy who I just talked about, Justin Herbert. I really think that all he has left to do is just prove that he can be a winner and he will be up in the top five so, so soon. Great on the run. Great at all three phases of passing, short, medium, and deep. He can launch it like no other. Again, throwing balls on ropes, and Justin Herbert really deserves to be here. Number seven, a guy that is so elusive that I think is underrated as a passer. People just talk about his rushing ability, but especially this season, it's been shown. I don't obviously love his performance in the playoffs, but Kyler Murray is still up there. Kyler Murray is, in my opinion, the number seven quarterback in the NFL right now. His ability to contain himself when he's running, his ability to slide, be so elusive, his small body, just him being small, really does help him to a big advantage with the way that he plays, and I really am excited to see how far he goes for the rest of his career. Obviously, like all like all rushing quarterbacks, injuries are definitely a concern on the table, but it seems like the way that he can 
compose his body and not put himself in a bad place to get injured. I think that that is not going to be a big concern for him, especially not compared to the guy that I have number eight. But Kyler Murray, as DeAndre Hopkins gets back healthy, I think that he will be right back to being in the MVP conversation next year. And the Cardinals are in really good hands with having him at the quarterback position. Number eight, another guy that ex-MVP, a guy that has lit up the league before and over the last one to two seasons has really definitely made some people take a step back and say, wow, this dude is not top three, top four. But I still am a firm believer that he is and can be a winner. He needs to have the right situation. I think that the Ravens defense is eh and the Ravens offense is eh honestly, all around him. So if Lamar Jackson really gets those pieces in place, he really deserves to be here at number eight and could climb very, very easily. Love Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, my number eight quarterback. Number nine, guy who gets it done. We just saw it. I just said it. Matthew Stafford of the LA Rams. They went chips in, traded for him exactly one year before he won the conference championship, and a year later is doing it, brought the LA Rams to the Super Bowl, and I really do think that his height and his peak and what he's able to do is so, so, so much higher than Jared Goff or what has ever been on the Sean McVay-led LA Rams offense, so I'm so glad that he's in this situation where he can really thrive and prove himself to be a top 10 quarterback. Matthew Stafford definitely deserves to be here. His long ball ability, his ability to just lead the team, even though he's not that verbal, screaming at you in the huddle type guy. Nice, more cool, calm, collected, and really knows how to run a locker room, run an offense. Seems like such a nice guy. Would love to meet him one day. Matthew Stafford, my number nine quarterback. And then number 10, this one was might be a little bit controversial just after what he did this year, but I think that Russell Wilson still has it in him to be that elite-style quarterback. His ability to run when necessary, he really doesn't have any drawn-up run plays anymore, but his elusiveness to get out of the pocket, to consistently strike deep to Tyler Lockett or to DK Metcalf or whoever gets those deep balls on any given play on a play action, so, so great. His ability in the mid-game, so, so great. Even though he did not have a good season and probably the worst out of all these guys on this list, Russell Wilson still deserves to be here for the quarterbacks. And that is it for the quarterbacks. Number one, Patrick Mahomes. Number two, Aaron Rodgers. Number three, Josh Allen. Number four, Tom Brady. Number five, Joe Burrow. Number six, Justin Herbert. Number seven, Kyler Murray. Number eight, Lamar Jackson. Number nine, Matthew Stafford. And number 10, Russell Wilson. Now moving on to the running back position. At number one, we have got a guy that we have not seen in a while, but deserves to be here just because of his monster and wreaking havoc ability, and that is Derrick Henry of the Tennessee Titans. A bulldozer when he plays. Obviously, injuries derailed his season this season, came back in the playoffs and did not look exactly like himself, but still, when he is fully healthy on those tears of 100 yards per game plus, he is that guy. Best running back in the NFL when healthy, in my opinion, Derrick Henry. Number two, Jonathan Taylor of the Indianapolis Colts broke onto the scene this year. So elusive. He's very lucky to be running behind that offensive line. But with his talent, both in the receiving game, in the running game, everything, he deserves to be here. Honestly, best running back of the year statistically by a landslide has to be said. And I think he really elevates that Colts team and puts them on his back offensively. He makes up so much for Carson Wentz's woes and makes him better look better than he actually is. I think I fell a little bit into the Carson Wentz trap because Jonathan Taylor is so good at sucking up the defenders into the box and then allowing Carson Wentz to just dot them up above his head. Jonathan Taylor definitely deserves to be at number two. 
Number three, Nick Chubb of the Cleveland Browns. This dude is the definition of efficiency at running back. I love him so much. Whenever he goes in, I feel like it's an automatic five yards per carry. The Kevin Stefanski run scheme with that offensive line definitely does help him out, but we haven't seen him in any other situation. And when he's played, he has been elite. So I need to put Nick Chubb up there. Number four, Christian McCaffrey. If it wasn't for the injuries, he would probably be one, two, or three. But because of his injuries consistently year in, year out over the last three years, it needs to be said that Christian McCaffrey has had a little bit of a drop. We just haven't really seen him enough. Every time that he does play, he does look like in that elite crop of running backs, so unbelievable as a receiver. I think that he could run slot very, very easily. He's a route runner like no other running back, and he's very, very efficient as a running back just getting touches. So I think that when you work so well in both facets of the game, you need to be high up here, but you can't be one, two, or three when you have three years in a row of getting injured. My number five running back on the list is going to be Dalvin Cook of the Minnesota Vikings, a guy that when he plays is so elusive, so great at finding the holes and getting through the tackles. I, I don't really know what else to say other than just efficiency. He is the definition of 20 to 25 touches per game, 100-yard game, and lights your team up and helps that Minnesota offense work so, so well. So I need to give it to Dalvin Cook at number five. Number six, a guy that I've loved going into with this past year, loved going into this year, loved throughout the year, and I love him next year. Austin Eckler of the Chargers. That dude is that dude. He is so great in the receiving game, so great as a running back. Really doesn't seem like there's anybody else that's competing for touches in that LA Chargers backfield unless they get somebody in this offseason. And I think Eckler is going to be right back in that unbelievable category. He gets receptions like no other. Him and McCaffrey are really their own type of player where it's not just runs and it's not just that they're an efficient runner, but they're also efficient in the passing game. They can line up out wide. They can line up it at running back anywhere and Eckler gets it done number seven this dude definitely jumped up my list after after his playoff performance recently and that is Joe Mixon a guy that consistently year after year has scorned fantasy players by saying oh he's injury prone oh he's not efficient and this year has really shown it I think that this offense has really helped him out so much and Joe Burrow's precision with the passing with the three amazing receivers Joe Mixon is definitely cooking on a week-to-week -week basis and is such a great safety valve for Joe Burrow and that Bengals offense. Number eight, a guy that was originally my favorite player in the entire NFL and I slowly dropped off of that just as other players have gotten in that mix and he's had injuries and their team has not been, been as good as they have been previously, but that is Alvin Kamara of the New Orleans Saints. Another guy so great in the receiving game, so great in the rushing game. Last time that we saw him fully healthy was, I think, last year, and he just had this unstoppable, uncanny ability to just continuously get rushes, get touchdowns. His his touchdown numbers are out of this world, and his ability in open space to not get tackled is unlike any other player in the NFL. Number nine is this past year's rookie. Good that I'm giving rookie nods too. Very young, and this is just the shelf life of, of running backs that they don't really last in this league long. So Najee Harris coming in and wrecking that Steelers front. So many touches for a rookie and was really efficient on those numbers. He's a bruising back, but he's also elusive and fast enough to get to the outside and go for a crazy 70-yard run. 
Najee Harris going to clearly be a staple of that Steelers offense, regardless of whoever the quarterback is going to be for the next four years. Got to really tip my hat to him. And the number 10 on a not so efficient team, but really showed that he is probably going to enter that tier of amazing runners and pass catchers is DeAndre Swift of the Detroit Lions. Like I just said, so great in the screen game. He can easily get open in the backfield and just make yards for himself. Like I've said so many times, get your playmakers the ball in space. And that is what DeAndre Swift is so great at. He's also a great runner. And I'm really excited for what he does next year. I think that he could definitely climb from 10 on this list as well. So now my running backs list, number one, Dark Henry, two, John Taylor, three, Nick Chubb, four, Christian McCaffrey, five, Dalvin Cook, six, Austin Eckler, seven, Joe Mixon, eight, Alvin Kamara, nine, Najee Harris, and 10, DeAndre Swift. Now moving on to receiver, number one, the guy that the production is there, the consistency the last two, three years with his star elite quarterback at the helm, throwing him the ball. Definition of 10 to 15 yards, amazing hands, amazing route runner, amazing touchdown getter. That is Devontae Adams of the Green Bay Packers. Never fails to score a touchdown in a game, never fails to be that big play receiver, and I just need to give him credit for that. Other guys on this list really do one thing at an exceptionally good level, but he does everything at an elite level. I think he has elite level speed. The most elite hands in the NFL at this point, which is so rare because coming out of college, he was said to have a drop problem, now has completely shrugged that off. Devontae Adams, definitely the number one wide receiver in the NFL. Number two, this one is probably going to be the most controversial thing that I've said on the list so far. A lot of guys have been dropping him due to his production over the last season, last two seasons, because he has some inconsistent games, but the speed that Tyreek Hill brings to the table makes him probably the most unguardable player in the NFL. He's completely changed the way that defenses scheme up against him. Two free high safeties, every single play, just that Patrick Mahomes does not sling Tyreek Hill, that 60-yard bomb. And I know a lot of people say that he really benefits from having Patrick Mahomes at the helm, but I think that if you have any quarterback that can get get Tyreek Hill the ball in space, he will make those jukes, and he will outrun. He doesn't even need a juke. He can just outrun to the side and take it to the house on any given play. Love Tyreek Hill so much, and I really do think that he deserves to be there. Number three, Justin Jefferson, breaking onto the scene, was a rookie last year. This year has proven that he is that top five guy. So great, especially on the second half of that season. I think that, again, that Minnesota offense really helps from having Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen in it too, so he's definitely in a very good situation for himself right now. But Justin Jefferson, with the route running, with his speed, with his flashiness that we saw out of basically all LSU receivers over the last, say, decade, Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, and another guy that's going to be on this list a little bit later, but that swagger is something that I want in my receivers, and Justin Jefferson clearly has it, deserving him to get that number three spot. I just think that when you're comparing him to another guy, it's just he brings so much more to the table in really all parts of the game. He's extremely well-rounded as well. Number four, Cooper Cup, a guy that has probably been the biggest debate over the last NFL season on really how good he is. Him and Trayvon Diggs have probably been the most talked about players on how good are they truly and what is happening. 
I think ultimately it's what we can chalk it up to is Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay have an unbelievable scheme, but Cooper Cup is that guy. Honestly, the best slot receiver in the NFL. Amazing cuts. His ability to just cut on on a dime to either the inside or the outside of the field. So, so great. Gets those short numbers and then has the rack ability like no other. Love Cooper Cup so much. Going forward, right now, everything. He is that guy. Not as good as the top three, in my opinion, just because they bring a little bit more to the table when you're building a whole new roster. But Cooper Cup, in the position where he is right now, the best receiver in the NFL. Have to give it to him. Number five, another guy that his playoff performance has really bumped him up on this list very, very highly. I'm going to be giving that one to Jamar Chase of the Cincinnati Bengals, another LSU guy. Like I said, that was the one that I was holding off on saying his name because he really, too, has that same swagger, his deep ball ability, his rack ability, his ability to, uh, like, there were so many times that Joe Burrow just threw it up in the end zone and had to go up and get a ball, and there was one that was swatted down, and my friend's like, oh, don't throw him that. 50 50 ball and i'm like nah for jamar chase that's a 75 25 ball that is going in his possession 75 percent of the time so great in going up and getting in the red zone anywhere on the field really lethal clutch and deserves to be in that top five role number six this one He's still considered a wide receiver but this dude is just a versatile weapon you heard my speech last week about how unbelievable Debo Samuel has really been, not only through this regular season, but in this playoffs as well, lining up both at running back, at slot receiver, at wide receiver, anything like that. He is just so, so great. He's putting the 49ers on his back, which doesn't even seem necessary because Kyle Shanahan is there, George Kittle, Trent Williams, their amazing running scheme. But he benefits off of all that and really has proven that he is a top six weapon at the receiving position in the entire NFL. Number seven, this dude's been doing it now for two, three years. Loved him so much. Another unmatched swagger in a player, and that is Stephon Diggs of the Buffalo Bills. Also is really helped out by the resurgence, not the, not resurgence, but the surgence of Josh Allen's amazing career. He's clearly been that number one guy as Josh Allen has gotten better. They have a lot of other weapons there, and in that final game against the Chiefs, he really did not step up at all, but his route running, his hands, that needs to put him in the top 10 again, for sure. Number eight, this is a dude that has seen his fair share of number one at the receiving position seasons. He has been great for basically his entire career, was rattled with horrible coaching and a horrible quarterback play early on in his career. But now that he is in Arizona, I think DeAndre Hopkins is that guy. Still such great hands, such great get up, go up and get it ability. You can just sling it and say, fuck it. DeAndre Hopkins is down there somewhere, and he will likely come down with it. Obviously, I'm talking about the Arizona miracle. I don't even know really what that play would be called. But DeAndre Hopkins, still, when he is fully healthy, should be looked at as a top 10 receiving weapon and just takes so much attention away that allows for other players on that Cardinals offense to excel. Hopkins definitely deserves to be there. Number nine, this is one that, again, a little bit controversial, but I'll always hold on to this guy, and especially with this quarterback getting to be as good as he is, I think that he continues to be really elite for the next two, three, four seasons, and that is Keenan Allen, one of the best route runners in the NFL, can always lines up out wide. I don't know why I'm saying can line up out wide. 
but has great hands. Actually had a couple drops this season, but still great rack ability, great job at getting open, and is just such a consistent target that with his route running, you can always assume that he's going to get 7 to 10 receptions per game. So, so great. Hats off to Keenan Allen. And the number 10, this is a guy that I want so badly to get an elite quarterback. He deserves it. He needs it. And when it happens, he will be elite 100%. And that is scary Terry McLaurin. Top five fastest receiver in the NFL. Top five best hands. Makes these unbelievable contested catches that I don't think any other player would. Great route runner. Great rack ability just every checks every single box and scary terry is going to get scary instead of ryan fitzpatrick taylor heineke whatever that rotating door of washington quarterbacks are for this past year so now my receivers just going back devonda adams one tyreek two justin jefferson three cup four chase five debo six dig seven hopkins eight keenan nine and scary terry ten and now I'm actually going to only do my tight ends list just because I'm getting cut for time. It's I'm rambling so, so much. You guys know I just love to talk about this. But I'm going to end it off by doing the tight ends and then give you guys my prediction. And then head out and I'll do the rest of my positions in next week's episode. So for tight ends, number one, this guy, even though he really doesn't offer much in the blocking game, the best receiving tight end that I've ever laid my eyes on personally, and that is Travis Kelsey of the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, a very big component to that elite style that they run. He had that game-sealing catch that ended up putting them into field goal range for the Kansas City Chiefs to go on to make the, or to go to overtime, and then in overtime had the game-winning reception for a touchdown. He is a touchdown machine. Honestly, I think underratedly, the number one yards after reception player in the NFL because while he doesn't break away easily for 50 yards as soon as he catches it turning up the field and just putting his body out there gets him an additional 5-10 every single time it feels like he's a lock for a first down every single time so so great and I need to tip my hat to Travis Kelsey number two this guy argued whether he should be number one or Travis Kelsey should be number one, but George Kittle is clearly also that guy. Definitely the best blocking tight end in the entire NFL. He can scheme up in any way, and I think that he has a passion for football that is unmatched at the tight end position. He always looks like he's so excited, so ready to go, so... I, I don't even like it's it's so hard to put it into words he has that quarterback umph even though he's just a tight end he is such a great player and as a personality and everything and he is what helps that 49ers run scheme work and churn and go so so well George Kittle number two tight end on my list number three Mark Andrews of the Baltimore Ravens yes this dude might be quiet he might not get all the media attention he might not, might not be that flashy player but he gets it done. He's been Lamar's best weapon all throughout his time on the Baltimore Ravens. They really don't have any other amazing wide receivers. And in the red zone, he is one of the best to go up and get at red zone threats that I have ever seen as well. So, so great. You can never not count on him to have an eight plus touchdown season. Mark Andrews definitely deserves to be here. Now, number four, this is a guy that going into this past season, I thought would break the entire NFL. He didn't break it, but he definitely did well with the time that he was on the field. So fast, looks like a receiver. He actually was drafted originally as a receiver and put 
and converted into a tight end. That is Darren Waller of the Las Vegas Raiders. He is so, so great, so versatile. Also, a not so big in the blocking game, but a receiving weapon to the stars. He's been the number one receiver on the Raiders for the past two seasons and really deserves to be here 100%. Number five, I have got a guy that has definitely had his ups and downs, is not in a great place, but when I see what he can do and when I see his amazing games, I really think that TJ Hawkinson can be a tight end that is in this league for the next 10 years. I love him so much. I think that he is so such a reliable dink and dunk option, gets open and just sits in the zone and always seems like he's a shoe-in for a couple receptions per game. Really love TJ Hawkinson. Number six, came out of retirement, cooked in the, in the Super Bowl last year, continued to cook this year, and really just always seemed like such a reliable target, especially for Tom Brady, who they have such a great connection. Rob Gronkowski, the ferociousness, what he brings through his legacy, what he brings as a red zone threat, all of that makes me think that Rob Gronkowski needs to be up high, high, high on this list because other guys just don't bring the same football mind, even though people do like to say he's just a partier and he sounds dumb and things like that. He really is not. He's such an amazing football player, and I need to keep Rob Gronkowski up in this top 10. Number seven, a guy that is very young, also rookie this year, who will 100% jump from the number seven spot a lot higher in the next coming years. It is a versatile weapon like no other. We've never seen it at the tight end position. A guy that really is like a skinny wide receiver that is also pretty good in the blocking game, and that is Kyle Pitts of the Atlanta Falcons. The focal point of their offense this past year, and I think will be the focal point of their offense, especially if they trade Calvin Ridley going forward. He is so, so great. Number eight, an athletic freak. I think he used to play basketball back in high school. Now, or maybe even in college, now he is bodying people. Such a great box-out option, and that is Mike Gesicki of the Miami Dolphins. I actually have a really good friend who's a Dolphins fan who's like, eh, he's okay. But I personally think just in the few times that I've watched him, walking highlight reel, probably the best receiver over the last three years on the Dolphins, now up until Jalen Waddle's eventual successful season. But Mike Kosicki deserves to get paid this offseason, whether it's by the Dolphins or by another team. Number nine, guy that broke out onto the scene this year and just consistently proved time and time again that he was such a great option, especially into the playoffs, and that is Dawson Knox of the Buffalo Bills. He is that big body. He has a couple actually really deep balls, which I think is so funny for a tight end, especially a big guy like Dawson Knox, but is a shoe-in for a ton of receptions per game. It really benefits from that Buffalo scheme, but has really just been productive in his own right and deserves to be here for sure. And then number 10 of the Philadelphia Eagles, Dallas Goddard, a guy who's had a pretty up and down career, but ultimately when he is on, he is on. As a Jets fan, I watched him torch us this past season. He is that guy. Dallas Goddard really deserves to be here. And now going back on the top 10, four tight ends, Travis Kelsey, one, Kittle, two, Andrews, three, Waller, four, Hawkinson, five, Gronk, six, Pitt, seven, Gasicki, eight, Knox, nine, and Goddard, ten. And that is all that I have for my top 10 players at every position. It's just the episodes getting a bit long. I need to go to class kind of soon. So I want to just get this out with this part. And then actually I could just string it on together and make a longer episode in the, in the future. Who knows? 
So now I just want to give you guys my opinion for next week. I'm really, really excited for this Super Bowl. It's going to be a great one. My score prediction is going to be Rams beat the Bengals 30-27. to But I will say it in big, bold letters, neon lights. This is so hard to choose. They're so, so close. Both teams are on this unbelievable... If you touch them, you're going to get burnt. Third degree burns. They're so, so hot right now. And I'm not putting any money anywhere. I just think that with Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, those two guys especially, it's going to be so hard for Joe Burrow to do his consistent normal cooking like he does on a normal weekly basis. I think that Aaron Donald is probably going to have... I, I This is actually a take that I've been thinking for a while, and I'll say it. Fuck it. I think that Aaron Donald, even though he is a top five defender of all time, he's the best guy of this decade on defense, he does not have that game that really defines his career, especially in a big playoff game, and this is going to be that game. He's going to have three-plus sacks, a forced fumble, and just pressure Joe Burrow on a play-by-play basis that O-line is really not built to withstand a guy like Aaron Donald who probably needs to get triple teamed. It's going to allow for other sacks for Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, guys like that. I really think that Aaron Donald has a huge game in him. That's not to say that Joe Burrow does not do amazing. I still think that Joe Burrow is going to put up those flashy numbers. He's going to get those amazing plays to both T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, C.G. Uzoma if he comes back from that injury from last week. I think that the offense will still be churning, but Matthew Stafford on that offensive side, especially against that defense that is not so star-studded, even though they're all bought in, even though I just gave credit to how good they've been doing this season, Matthew Stafford, Odell Beckham Jr., Cooper Cup, Cam Akers, the list goes on. They are that team. The Rams built this. They put chips in so that they can win the Super Bowl. They have a destiny that they need to fulfill, and I have the Rams going on to win the Super Bowl next weekend. All right, and that is all that I have for you guys today. So I hope that you guys loved it. I hope that you guys are loving football. I hope that you guys are loving the pods. I don't really know what the plan is going to be for after the season, whether I'm still going to be doing NFL content, maybe switch to more NBA, maybe some more rap, maybe throw in some pot, like some talks with my friends and just random stuff. I really don't know yet. Figure it all out when it gets there. I'm also trying to join some more clubs, join some more organizations here at Syracuse. So I'll definitely be busy. Do not get me wrong. I will be busy, but I want to make time for you guys. I love doing the podcast so much. I love the NFL playoffs, and I love the Super Bowl. So I'll see you guys there next week. Peace.